You know what, Sam? What? That's another big piece off the board. Yes, it is. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. And Sam, in this episode, we're going to be catching up on NHL news for this whole episode is not going to be a segment because a lot happened this past weekend. We There was an extension and a signing and a trade. Yeah, and especially one trade that's really going to affect the Hurricanes and might um, break the logjam, as it were. Yes, definitely. So that's what we're going to be doing this episode is catching you guys up on some NHL news. And that's how it's going to be for the whole episode. So, Sam, uh, first, let's get to there was an extension with, between Washington and Tom Wilson. Washington extended Tom Wilson for a seven-year, $6.5 million contract. Um, Sam, I think there is a lot of risk to this. And that's mm-hmm. kind of one of my questions here. Is there a risk to this? I think there is because he yes. hasn't really played a full season he's not a he's not healthy pretty much is what i'm saying yeah i mean i don't like the deal i don't like the term the dollar amount's fine but i don't like the term yeah i'd probably give him six and a half for maybe three i'd do four years four yeah but not seven but seven's risky and and i agree with you specifically it's the term that i am concerned about from uh, Washington's perspective, uh, the money, I'm not really complaining about. Uh, to me, this is a deal that's great for the player, but not good from Washington's standpoint. They gave him a seven-year uh, contract, and it's it's a very, very long time. I would not have given that to someone who has had an injury-riddled career. And, I mean, just the way he plays... Sam is a, is probably he plays the most physical form of hockey in the NHL. I can't think of anybody who plays that type of f- physical form that he plays. Probably closest brand to that is Marshand, um, who has got the skill. Cause Marshand's have, more annoying, though, but you have than, to, he's physical too. But you have to have the the. Probably the last, the, the, the two players that come to mind that play the same style but also have the skill is Marshand and probably Subban. And Subban's career ended early ish. So, I mean, you know, it, it's not a, a style of play that really works um, long term. So that's why it's risky. Um,. I'm not a fan of the term. Money's fine. I probably would have given him just a little bit more to do a shorter deal, like maybe like four by seven and a half. I'd rather pay him a little bit more over a shorter period of time than than be strapped with six and a half million for the next seven years. Yes, I agree. And I mean, if this was signed probably during the early 2000s, I think it'd be a lot more reasonable because hockey back then was a little bit more of um, the type of play um, that Wilson plays the early 2000s, 90s, 80s. That type of brand of hockey was a very physical brand of hockey. 
I mean, the player that kind of, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to uh, preach some history of hockey here, but the player that kind of tr- um, made hockey a finesse skill type of sport was Wayne Gretzky from Edmonton. I did a paper on him, so that's why I know. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but Gretzky was known for, you know, skating speed and skill. Yes. And that's why he had the points he did. And, why and his he, office is always behind the net. Yep. And that's why he made a lot of people look really stupid is because he was really good. Exactly. And I, and I, and I want to say he wasn't drafted, so um, tells you a lot right there. But... um risky move but we'll see what happens with washington they're a team that's kind of that teetering right now of whether or not they're gonna whether or not they're even gonna make the playoffs i really don't think they will this year i think again they got problems i think pittsburgh is has more of an opportunity to be in the playoffs now now with with eric carlson yeah which we'll we'll get into more detailed in a little bit but um probably because i think washington's really they're missing that number one center because Backstrom just hasn't been there for them. He's been unhealthy. But, I mean, if Backstrom comes back and he's 100% and maybe he can provide you that number one center spot, sure. I've always been a big fan of Nicholas Backstrom, but I just don't think that's going to happen. He hasn't been healthy for the last few years. And their goaltending has been a little bit spotty, of course. Yeah, it has. Um, but, again, we'll really just have to wait and see what happens in Washington. Um, I'm not expecting much. They'll always have Ovechkin. He'll still score 40 goals. But but age will eventually ca- catch up. Age is going to catch up to him because he's not as fast anymore. Um, we'll just have to really wait and see what Washington does. But I, I just I don't – maybe they're a wild card team, but I doubt it. Yeah, I, I kind of doubt it too. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, this uh, signing, Sam, I think it's going to – I think it helps them short-term, but long-term, I think it's going to hurt them, to be honest. And that's kind of another question, is that I think the Wilson signing um, long-term could really not work out and make Washington management foolish for making a contract that long. So that's my take on the whole Tom Wilson extension. Uh, The next player, this player was actually signed, Sam, um, he was a free agent, finally got signed, and that's Matt Dumba. Uh, he got signed one year, $3.9 million contract. I thought it was going to be $4 million, but it's 3.9. But there's yeah. not much of a difference there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Arizona's got the cap space. Um, oh, it, yeah, they it, do. It provides them a veteran defenseman, giving that veteran defenseman an opportunity to maybe give himself a shot next year at a nice contract. So it's a good deal for him. He's probably making more than I would ever pay him. I probably would have offered him somewhere in the area of like two. I just don't two and think, a half probably. I don't, I wouldn't even go up that high for him, but I don't like him for other reasons, but um, not a fan of Matt Domba, but it gives him an opportunity, right? To, to revitalize his career. And Arizona is a good place to do that. Yeah. They've written to be probably their top, Pairing defenseman, he's going to be at the very least top four. Yeah, uh, and honestly, Arizona, you look at their track record, they've been able to get defensemen kind of back on their game. Uh, we saw that with Shane Gossespierre. He wasn't doing well in Philadelphia. He goes to Arizona, plays amazing for Arizona. Yusuf Alamaki, he was a outcast from Calgary, and he's doing pretty well with Arizona. So I think Matt Dumba, he could play very well for Arizona. 
Um, here's my question. I, I What does this say about Arizona? Do you think uh, they're going to... I mean, obviously they're not going for it, but they're wanting to be competitive is, is what I, I get from this signing. Like I've said before, I think the team that could surprise you is Chicago, and I think the other team that could throw some wrenches into other teams out west, you know, maybe, you know, maybe play some spoilers is going to be Arizona because they're going to be sneaky good. And there's no pressure on Arizona, no, too. I mean, is this a team? Look, the West isn't very good. It wouldn't shock me in the least to see Arizona or Chicago make the playoffs as a wild card team. It just wouldn't. The West isn't good. I mean, it wouldn't shock me to see Anaheim all of a sudden become good. Trevor Zegris is just that good of a player. Well, I think the specifics probably may be a little bit better than sure. um, the Central right now. Sure. I mean, these teams are teams that would make it and wild card but that's because you have so many questions right now right what's winnipeg doing they're that team that fringe team that three wild you know number three in their division wild card kind of a team are they are they rebuilding now are they retooling are they trying to ship a lot of players out we've talked about shifley maybe coming to carolina is this a player you know do i see matt dumba getting moved from arizona i think it depends on where they're at Right? Does Carl does does Vimelka come in and steal them some games, and all of a sudden Arizona sitting here like, yeah, we might make the playoffs. Yes, or, at the trade deadline, of course. If they're not making the playoffs at all, they could easily probably sure. and get a pick. sell them. Yeah, yes. sure. And if Matt Dumba's having a career season, he's got like fifty points or something like that. Yeah, they can probably ship him for like a second or a first round pick from a team that's trying to make a cup, and they might need a defenseman because of injury situations or or whatnot. Right. So yeah, this is a this is a low risk, high reward thing for Arizona. It provides them some veteran leadership on the back end and some leadership for a young team. But let me tell you right now, of all the teams in the, in the West, Arizona is probably has one of the best has probably the best pipeline. Because when all these guys are ready to go, Arizona is going to be scary good, and they're going to be young, they're going to be fast, and they're going to be skilled, and there's not going to be an easy team to play. Yeah, well. I- um, if you remember, I think it was a couple, might have been a couple weeks or a week ago, where they eventually signed uh, Logan Cooley to an entry level contract, uh, and Sam, he's, I believe he was, he was a top draft pick, and um, in the uh, draft they drafted him in, so he's expected to play with Arizona, put him alongside Clayton Keller. Um, I think Dylan Gunther is going to have his first full season in the. NHL with him, he's another high draft yeah. pick. And if you want to do a comparison to Keller, I mean, it's probably Aho. Very similar styles, two good two-way forward. He's going to produce a lot of points. Keller hasn't had that. Uh, and this is kind of Keller's team. It is, and and Keller hasn't had that like great talent to go with him like Aho has. But Keller's points are still good. Yeah, they are. I kind of think. Um, Funny that you said that. I kind of think of Keller kind of being kind of like the Jeff Skinner of the Dark yeah. Ages for us. He never really had good line mates. And neither did Eric Stahl. <laughs> oh, Eric Stahl, but at least well, Eric, no, Eric Stahl, Stahl had was. good line mates on the team. But they had, but we had stupid coaches who wouldn't put them with Eric Stahl. I'm sorry, True. but that first line should have been Stahl, Jokinen, and Skinner. If you don't do that, it's your those are your best forwards. And I didn't like the line of Skinner, Derek Ryan, and Lee Stepniak. Look, I like Skinner and Stepniak, but Derek Ryan can't be centering that line. No, uh-uh. <laughs> and I like Derek Ryan, but he's your fourth-line guy. He shouldn't be playing with Skinner. Although he got like 30-something I don't points, care how many points impressive. he got. <laughs> it's 
because Jeff Skinner's on your line. If Jeff Skinner's on your line, you're going to get points just by default. He touched the puck and Skinner happened to get a goal. I mean, you're going to get points. Hey, I, I mean, when you saw that line out there, I mean, Skinner really drug that line yes. by himself. He really did. The best line that Skinner ever played on was uh, Route 2, Skinner, and Jokinen. Yes. And that line still wasn't as good as it needed to be. I think it... it Although I liked Route 2. I love Route 2. I love Route 2 and Jokinen. And Jokinen, yeah. But, all that to say, Arizona's a team that I think could be sneaky good. And at the very least, Arizona's going to piss some teams off because they're not going to be easy to play against. But they're still going to be in that rebuild mode, I believe. They're in the rebuild mode with the potential to make the playoffs because a lot of Western Conference teams are in rebuild mode. So it's one of those things where if they get hot at the right time, they could sneak in. Yeah. Which is what I think about a lot. I mean, because Winnipeg's in this situation. But now, Winnipeg's so not really, I don't consider them rebuild. Well, I that's think the thing they're kind of a know. wait and see type of team. Well, that's what I don't know. And Nashville's Calgary, a mystery. Nashville's, I think they're in the retool, rebuild kind of area of their their thing. They got a new GM, so it's really just a matter of what happens here. Uh, I mean, you got Nashville, we don't know. Anaheim could be sneaky good. San Jose, I just I don't think they're good. I mean, um, I think the top three LA teams. I think the top three teams in the central are probably going to be Colorado, Dallas, yeah. and Minnesota. Yeah, and I think that's probable. It's just a matter of that. It's that wild card, and it's like, okay, what's going to happen? And then right, and then it's the what is it? The Pacific's going to be. I think the Pacific's Edmonton. pretty good. It's Vegas, Edmonton, Edmonton yeah. Seattle, L.A. That's pretty but good. We'll see. For me, with Seattle, let's see if they struck lightning or if that's as consistent. I just don't think their roster is all that great. But we'll see what happens this year, see if they can replicate it. Um, they have depth, which is what makes them, as, which is what helps them out, is their fourth line is just as good as their second line. And their second line is pretty good. I think they have a whole team of second line players, which is what kind of makes you competitive, right? When the other team's third and fourth line's out there, if your third and fourth line is the equivalent of a second line, you're going you're gonna to make them pay. So I think you've got that. Um but yeah, I mean Chicago. I mean, there's a. I mean Chicago. They did a. They they did a lot this off season that makes me like. Oh, Taylor right. Hall and Connor Bedard. That's going to be interesting. I think they're going to be on the line together. But sure. again, I. I mean, and look, and if it's they can, more than just Connor Bedard. No, for sure. And I think their defense is okay. But if their defense, you know, if if Peter Morazic has a good defense in front of him and he's their goalie, Morazic's going to get you some games too here and there. So I mean. We know that as Hurricanes fans. I like Morazic. I hope. I really do hope for the, his sake that he has a good year, because I do like Peter Morazic a lot. Oh, um, I do too. But yeah, so that's kind of been our take of not just the signings, but of a lot of teams that we just mentioned there. Yeah. Well, the West is an interesting division it, to discuss about. The West definitely is. So next, we're gonna go on to the biggest uh transaction that has the most effect on the hurricanes yes and that's the eric carlson trade but before we do let's go to our sponsor new customers download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use code thpn bet just five dollars to score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly that's code thpn only at DraftKings sportsbook gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpma.org. In New York, 
Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Hey Canes fans, even if you're not going on vacation, summer is all about the vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Zach Brown Band on repeat or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people, or to stay calm with some guided meditation. Since I can have an old soul for music, I have a playlist I listen to that ranges from John Denver to Chicago. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, including 8 hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% off on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, Sam. Well, the big apple just dropped, so to speak. Eric Carlson is finally traded into who? Metropolitan foe Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, that was the uh, team, other than Carolina, that was rumored to have it. So before we get into it, I'm just going to read off the entirety of the trade and what Please. each team required. The San Jose, so it's a three-person, three-team trade. San Jose acquires Mike Hoffman from Montreal. From Pittsburgh, San Jose acquired Mikhail Grandland. Jan Ruda, 2024 first-round pick, top 10 protected. The Pittsburgh Penguins acquired Eric Carlson, with 13% of that being retained by the Sharks, which is $1.5 million. Dylan Hamaliuk, he's an AHL junior player, and a 2026 third-round pick from San Jose. From Montreal, Pittsburgh acquires Ram Pitlek. The Montreal Canadiens acquired Jeff Petrie, with 25% of that being retained, 
by Pittsburgh, which would be 1.5625 million. They got also Casey DeSmith, which is a goaltender, Nathan Laguerre, AHL junior player, and a 2025 second round pick from the Pittsburgh Penguins. So overall, let's just do a quick. Who do you, do you think that this is a good deal for all involved? Do you think anyone lost? So obviously, I think Pittsburgh won this trade. I think they got the best player hands down, Eric Carlson. I think adding a dynamic offensive defenseman like Eric Carlson, I think makes Pittsburgh a uh, prime candidate to probably be a wild card team. I say a wild card because I think the top three are pretty much solidified with the likes of Carolina, the Rangers, and New Jersey. So I think it's going to be more of a wild card. This is going to be a team, Sam, that's going to be scoring lots of goals, but I think they're still going to have the trouble of uh, not, of well, have the trouble of allowing a lot of goals as well. Um, because I still don't trust Trish and Jari as their goaltending. Um, yes, you have Eric Carlson and Chris Letang on the back end. They aren't defensive defensemen. They're they're <laughs> they're not defensive defensemen. Pittsburgh's trying to outscore their problems, but uh, yeah, they are. And he, Pittsburgh, they're what they're trying to do. And honestly, I mean. This is my question to you. Do you blame them for wanting to go all out no. when they're already a very aging team? Crosby is up there in age. So is Malkin. Yeah, sure. Um, and they want to give Crosby another shot. I'm pretty sure Crosby's been very clear. He doesn't want to rebuild, and I think that's within his right to demand that. Of course, Pittsburgh could always move him if they wanted to. But... I mean, yeah, you, you owe it. I mean, I guess they're probably reviewing it as they owe it to them, but let's not forget, who's their general manager now? Kyle Dubas. And what is he known for? Uh, he's known for making big trades, but here's the thing. He's known for making certain type of big moves, and if you look at his track record, Sam, uh, it's a mixed bag. To me, the thing with Kyle Dubas isn't so much of the trades, it's more of the contracts that he makes. Um, to me, the biggest eyesore that I have with Kyle Dubas is that it seems like he's willing to give anything and everything to these players. And sometimes you have to lay the law down on them, be like, this is only so much we can give you. I haven't seen that from him. That's why Toronto has a very bad cap structure. They do. And that's why, again, just kind of a thing I saw online. I guess we've re-engaged about Nylander, but I think if you're any team in the NHL, you should be talking to Toronto about any of their, their core four because they're probably looking to move one because they're cap-strapped. Yes, and I honestly, I put that on Kyle Dubas. Sure. I do. But I'll also tell you this. If I'm the Hurricanes, I kind of wish we were. I would rather be in that situation now with having, you know, having had so many shots, I don't know what's wrong with Toronto and why they can't get there because they should be able to with the kind of team they have. I don't know if it's a culture thing or just the media or, I mean, who knows? It's Toronto. I, I think, honestly, I think part of it, and this this is my opinion, I think part of it's the media because if you look at the media in Canada right now, I mean, hockey is something that Canadians are proud of. 
And this means that teams like Toronto, like Montreal, like Ottawa, there is huge pressure on them to perform because the media is constantly on their backs. So I think that is part of it, but I don't think that's the whole picture. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a possibility too. But this is what I expect from Kyle Dubas was the point I made, right? Um, They're going to go all in and they're going to go on in hard because they feel they've owed it to Crosby, right? And yes. That's what now, here's is. the thing. Crosby's already won three Stanley Cups. So if he retired right now, he's still listed as a very successful player. Absolutely. And should be Hall of Fame consideration right off the bat. Oh, he should get in the moment there's an opportunity, the moment he's eligible. Yes. Um, in my opinion, and I've said this before, he's the better, he's the best player of his generation. Sorry, Cap fans, he's better than Ovechkin. But Ovechkin's the best goal scorer of sure. the generation. But if I'm going to take a player, you know, Ovechkin's only won one cup, and Washington's got a history of being unable to make it out of the first round. Yes, so they have. I'm taking Crosby all day, every day. But do I think this gets Pittsburgh in the playoffs? It could. Maybe. It could. I mean, I think Eric Carlson, who's very dynamic, he can still get you probably at least 50 points. So He's I that think, good. So, I view Pittsburgh as... So, I view the top two in the Metro. It's Carolina and it's um, New Jersey. I think now... And I think uh, Rangers are a clear third, in my opinion. I don't know anymore with New York. Um, They're still gifted. I just... I don't know anymore with New York. I just... I think they've they lost have, a lot. They have one of the best goalies still. They have one of the best defensemen, Adam Fox. As much as I don't like the guy, he's still really good. I just don't know if, if New York is that number three. Because other than Adam Fox, I'm just not off the top mean Truba, but Truba's older and slower. Troopers can still keep up. They and also they have very young defense that can offset that with K. Andre Miller, yeah, Braden Schneider. I, I mean, this is a team that's really the good. The Rangers team. falter. Pittsburgh and Columbus are the two teams who could snag the third spot. I like Columbus's chances more, but Pittsburgh's got the veteran ability. So if if again the Rangers falter and if Shesterkin comes down to earth, which I think both are possible because Shesterkin wasn't good in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, sure, Shesterkin also wasn't the best goalie this year either in general. So, but here's the thing though, he's also kind of when it comes to playoff experience though. I mean, Shesterkin was standing on his head against us, and they yeah. won in seven games. So I still think he's a very good goalie, and I think once he's hot, I think he's one of the best goalies in the NHL, probably a clear number two under Vasilevsky. Uh, that's my take on the Rangers. But I think Pittsburgh, I think this puts them in a position to where I think they could be a wild card team. Could they be a third? Yes, I could. But I can't see them higher than that. Yeah, no, no, no. It's Carolina, New Jersey. It's Those are your one, two. Um. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I, I think there's a log jam there at the bottom. Wild card and three. It's you know Columbus is up and coming. The Rangers are still decent, like you said. I uh, you think you're a little bit more high on them than I am. Pittsburgh's got Crosby. I in general I don't like to bet against Sidney Crosby. 
I mean, by a game. They weren't able to beat Chicago, though, which kept them out of the playoffs. It's like... Mm. Rangers are a lot, I think... I mean, skill, maybe. You could give that to Pittsburgh, maybe. But they're faster. Rangers sure. are technically yeah, faster. Yeah. They're they're younger. I think they have higher potential than Pittsburgh with the, with the young guys, especially if Lafreniere and Kako really sure perform I mean, well. We'll see what happens with the playoffs. I just I'm not sure what are the consequences for them here. They gave up futures, but I don't think they gave up a lot of futures. If I'm being honest with you, well, they gave so, up first, second, and third, but to help mitigate that, Sam, spread they it spread it out. So 24, 25, and a 26, so one from each year. 24 this year, Pittsburgh feels, and it's top 10 protected, so it keeps them there. So technically, it could push that to the next year. Um, 25 second, a second to second. You know, at that point, you're shooting darts. Anything after the first top 10, you're probably shooting darts. And then a third, it's, again, the same situation. So, I mean. Yeah. So and, they that's, were t- and they got a third back, so it's not a big deal for them. So, yeah, I think it's a great deal for Pittsburgh. Now let's talk about this from San Jose's standpoint. Um, I'm already hearing that San Jose did not get enough. Um, yes, they did not get enough, in my opinion. But And this kind of goes into the question of what do they – kind of well, accomplished in this. I think they accomplished of getting cap space, which is yeah. a hot commodity right now in this So they got league. cap space-ish because Mike Hoffman at $4.5 million came back. So technically, they but he, but, but here's the thing. Five? Yes, they but did. I'm guessing Hoffman's deal is a, a one-year deal and Grandlin's probably somewhere in the one to two-year and Root is the same. So I'm guessing this is all going to drop off their books at the end of the season. A- exactly. That's what I was going to get to. But my, they also didn't get a lot of futures. They got exactly one future, which is a first-round pick. So Mike Hoffman's an NHL forward, Grandlin's an NHL forward, and Root is an NHL forward. So I, I guess when I'm looking at the deal... Well, see, here's the thing. San Jose did not want to retain a lot of cap on Eric Carlson. And I think because of that, there's a consequence to that. And be, and that consequence is they don't they didn't really get a lot back. So that's kind of my take. Um, and I think... I don't think they I still don't think they got enough back, but they were able to accomplish certain things in the in the trade, as in getting cap space, uh, because Eric Carlson, I mean, he, he most likely he's if he's gonna win a Stanley Cup, he has a better chance of doing it with Pittsburgh than San Jose. That's just a matter of fact right there. Uh so there are those factors and San Jose, I think that trade really, I think, sparks the um, signal that their general manager, Mike Greer, is signaling and the fact that they're kind of going for probably either a retool or a rebuild. I'd say probably maybe a a rebuild, maybe. Given what they got, I'm going to say retool because these players are going to contribute. Hoffman's a good forward. Granlin's decent. So is Ron Yon Root. I mean, they didn't get bad players back. So they're, yeah, they're, they're decent. Com- they're they're decent com- players. They're trying to compete. So I mean, but they're also in a division that's again, they're in a conference that's not bad. So San Jose could they possibly sneak in as a wild card? I can't. Or, I can't. I can't see it with Seattle, uh, L.A., 
Vegas and Edmonton. I just can't see them getting a I playoff mean, we'll, position. We'll see, I don't think so either. But I, I, they should have gone for futures more than NHL players. But I mean, if you want to be technical, I like what Montreal got back more with Petrie, DeSmith, a rookie, and a second. I like that more than what I like that. I, I like what Montreal got more than what San Jose got. If I'm saying winners, I'm saying Pittsburgh's number one, Montreal number two, Sharks number three. Yes, I would agree with you. I think uh, Montreal, they got Jeff Petrie back after him playing one season in Pittsburgh. That didn't, he Apparently, he wanted to come back to Montreal. And Petrie, he's a good offensive defenseman. He can get you around 30-something points. Sure. Uh, they got him a little bit at a discount. Casey DeSmith, which to me, I think gives them um, some consideration on the future of Jake Allen. Yeah. There, and they get Nathan Look at Gary. I probably pronounced that very wrong. He's an AHL junior, so he's a rookie guy. So that we'll just see what that turns into. For and him. then they got a second round pick. I, sure. Montreal thought did pretty good. They're yeah. again, they're still in rebuild mode though. Yeah, I mean uh, they just they yeah. shuffled the deck a little bit. That's what Montreal did. Plus gained some futures. So I have no problem with what Montreal did. And with three goaltenders, I mean. You could Someone. probably trade one of them and get like a pick back. Sure. Um, I mean, they get enough back. We already kind of talked about that. I don't think so. Neither do you. Do they accomplish anything? Did the Sharks accomplish anything in this? They trade? get cap space. Yeah, they'll get cap space after the year and a first round pick. So if that's what you wanted for, I guess they got what they wanted. Um, but the big question is, what does this mean for the Hurricanes? Um, uh, well, it, it showed it showed the cost. It did, and I don't think to Carolina, get Eric Carlson. And if the Sharks were wanting NHL players, that was never going to be something the Hurricanes exactly. did. Exactly. Um, which and I wouldn't do it either. I would have done Carl. You know, moved. Made, I would if I had to throw an NHL player, it would have been Pesci or Teravine, and and not both. No, I wouldn't have done both either. Um, and then thrown futures at him, which I'm surprised that wouldn't have been enough to get Carlson. But I'm okay with this deal not happening for the hurricanes it's not oh trust me i me. am i i was seeing when we signed Tony d'angelo because i was like this marks the end of eric carlson and then once he got traded to pittsburgh i'm like okay well i'm not happy he went to a division rival yes i'm not happy he went to a division rival but i'm happy he didn't come to carolina because i just didn't think they could do, pull off the trade and i don't think he would have mashed so what does this mean for the hurricanes Um, I, I think so. We and we saw this right as soon as this deal went happened. Matt Dumba got signed, so I'm thinking that this may have broken the broken the long jam of defensemen, which may have been what was stopping the Hurricanes from trading Pesci, right? Because yeah, maybe Carlson was the exactly. bigger was the biggest fish in the sea, and number two is probably Pesci. So, if there's teams out there who are looking for a consolation prize, you know, like Toronto who's going to get a defenseman who's very good on the back end, who can provide you some offense. Pesci's not a bad replacement for that. And Carolina can always package more. So if you're a team like Toronto, a team like Seattle, a team, I mean, I don't think Carolina and Seattle ever make a deal, but I think that's just because Ron Francis is GM there. I am interested to see, but I wouldn't be shocked if a Pesci deal comes down in the next 24 48 hours next week i think it might happen this week i think we're to the point where we're now that this piece has moved your two biggest pieces left with tarasenko being signed and now carlson being traded 
I think things are going to start to flow. What the law or the log jam is, I think we're going to start to see some interesting, interesting things happen. I hope. Um, one thing I really hope out of this probably trade and the signing of Matt Dumba combined is I hope this probably gives clarity on um, knowing where they're at in the negotiations with Pesci and how much he wants. Uh, because he's not traded yet, Sam. They could still try and resign him before the start of the season. Um, and whether there's debate on resigning Pesci or not, I mean, regardless, if you trade him, you got to get someone better. I, well, I'm not saying you have to get someone better. I think you have to get someone... We're not looking to do an equivalence here. If Pesci's out, you're bringing a forward in. And, you know, if you're turning Pesci into Lindholm or Mark Shifley, you know, Shifley, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but that's why I meant if you're turning, is get, getting someone that's really good on the forward group to help offset yeah. the absence of Brad Pesci. If you're turning Pesci and, like, Teravainen and Suzuki and a pick into Nylander, I'm okay with that, too. I just I think there's a lot of things that are going to have to happen now. Right, and I think that maybe why maybe Toronto was waiting to sign Matthews. Maybe they're waiting to see if they can get Carlson, and they that way they kind of know what they've got going on with Matthews. Like, what okay, what are we safe to trade? You know, what are we safe to sign him to? Wouldn't be shocked if a lot of things start to just start to roll right in the next 48, 24, 48 hours, or you know, as latest this week ends. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm kind of thinking things are going to happen this week. Now, this I hope tomorrow. because I mean. I'm I'm getting tired of this whole Brett Pesci saga of whether he's going to resign or we're going to trade him. I just think it needs to be done before training camp. Yeah, I agree. Uh, We'll see what happens. Yes, definitely. So that is the end of our episode. We will see you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.